Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 8020 series. I'm so excited. If you have been watching us, we just jumped from like 100 to 1,000 in quality, and I'm so excited to just deliver this video to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Last week we had the iPhone set up, but this week we are fortunate enough to have some DSLRs. We're just committed now. We're all in. Yeah. <laughs> so, how was the uh, editing process for video, bro? I mean, I know you said it kind of took some time. Took it, a lot of work. Oh my god! So I actually kind of timed it. It was like about like eleven to twelve hours of editing, and it got to a Jeez. point where, I, not to toot my own horn here, but like I'm a pretty good editor, and like right, once right. I get into a rhythm of like going really fast, I can just speed through it. But yeah. like my computer was not keeping up with what I was processing, mm -hmm. so I would just see gray bars everywhere, and I couldn't even see what I was cutting no more. So Damn. I had to I had to physically step back and wait for everything to render and load and then actually like edit again. So right. it, it wasn't even just like the sheer amount of stuff that needed editing. It was like the processor couldn't do it. Right, so it was right. just like, dude, what? Yeah, and to paint a picture for the listeners, you know, now that we're working with video, the files get significantly larger. Yeah. And so last week after the podcast, <laughs> I was here trying to upload the video file, but that thing was moving like... Like it nothing, was, it dude. Was it wasn't moving. moving at all. Yeah. And so for that reason, I could see it definitely taking a lot longer than just audio only. Yeah. But even on top of that too, like now Jeremy has to upload it onto Anchor. He also has to upload it onto YouTube. And so that entire process goes from like this to... Yeah. This. I mean, to give you guys like numerical numbers, when we just did audio only, yeah. like an hour podcast was about one gigabyte. Okay. Which is like totally feasible. Like most people's iPhones have 256, right? Okay. Yeah. With video, the podcast episode, just like video alone, not even audio, 10 gigabytes. Just that alone. Jeez. So like that's got to get stored somewhere. And yeah. then after editing, processing, and then actually putting this like live, like the total amount of space that thing took is about 25 gigabytes. <laughs> and that's that's including now the edited video. So it's like, right. dude, this is a lot of space already. And if you picture that as like an iPhone, like that's a chunk of your iPhone. Like yeah. in 10 episodes, your iPhone's full. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. So long story short, hopefully you guys like the video because now it's extra work. And on top of that, like we got to prepare ourselves, like do our hair. Like Jeremy texting today, he's like, bro, wear something nice. Cause last week, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot we were doing video. Cause I was so focused on the product photos and I rolled up in like sweats and like a t-shirt that I wear to bed. Yeah. And I didn't even do my hair and he's like, bro, Come on, man. So I had to do my hair really quick. And so now that we have video, we have to try really, really hard and really um, hard. put in the extra effort. I know. We need like a makeup set and everything. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Daniel, if you need to, just leave your hair product here, leave yeah. some chapstick here, like whatever you gotta do. For sure. For <laughs> we'll sure. make some space for it. But I mean, all in all, we're really excited to share everything on this medium because one, now you have like this visual representation. And if we talk about something cool and we can actually like show it to you, we yeah. can do that here. So we're excited for that. And hopefully our future guests are just as excited too, because I know sure. we have more amazing stories coming on the way. And yeah. Right. Yeah. So today's podcast, <clears throat> you know, I wanted to spend the time to talk to Jeremy about a previous experience. Uh, I think this was during college, right? In 2012 2013 oh we're talking about the bbcom BB right? yeah yeah i mean i would say it stemmed from let's say like 2013 to 2016 okay yeah. got it and during that time correct me if i'm wrong by the way yeah, yeah you know the listeners some of them might not know but i remember i was at uci and jeremy <clears throat> got chosen out of a whole bunch of different uh, applicants to represent uh 
in the bodybuilding.com spokes model search. Yeah, yeah. So like, what is that? Like, give us a, a brief rundown. So the spokes model search itself was how at the time bodybuilding.com would look for new athletes and mm -hmm. idols to basically represent their company. Got it. But before all of that, there was the BBCom campus ambassador. Okay. So I would want to start there because I think that's kind of how I got my door into the spokes model search. Got it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the ambassador story. Uh, I was just kind of chilling at my dorm one day, just, uh -huh. you know, doing nothing. And yeah. then... My girlfriend at the time, now wife, Nadia, oh, nice. was like, I know you love BBCom. Look at this job listing. Because uh -huh. she was looking for internships. Okay. And then BBCom had Campus Ambassador there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. See, it, not a lot of people knew, but it was yeah. literally on, do you, know where, do you know where to find internships like at UCI? The little uh, website thing? I mean, I knew like the UCI portal and then LinkedIn. That, that was yeah, that it. Was, no, it was the UCI portal. It was Zotlinks. Oh, it shit. It was literally just on Zotlinks. Okay. I, I would have never looked. So, because. Yeah, of, dude. We're fucking going to the gym all the time. Yeah. No idea, dude. Bodybuilding.com. Like, we don't got time to go like Zotlinks. What the heck? Like put Damn. the sign at the gym or something yeah, where we're yeah. at. But no, like it was there and I was like, is this a joke? Is this real? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to just apply anyways. I, they got the logo there. So that looks cool. Right. So I do that. And then like fast forward a couple of like, there was no zoom at the time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember how we had Google hangouts or something. Right. Fast right. forward a couple of Google hangout calls. I got in touch with, um, the people running the program. I believe uh -huh. at the time it was Danielle and Kirk. Okay. I think Kirk was like the mastermind behind it, but basically I got in touch with them and I was able to represent BBCom at UCI. And it was mm. so cool because you kind of felt like a sponsored athlete. Like right. if I wanted to host something, they would just hand out everything. Damn. Like imagine, you know, when you like scroll on the BBCom website and you see like a supplement is like 30 bucks or right, whatever. Right. And it's like, as a college student, that's that, pretty that's expensive. A, that's a chunk of change. Yeah. Like you don't know if this is going to work for you or not. You just, you kind of <laughs> just sure. want to try it. Yeah. As an ambassador, it was like, Hey, I want to put together this basketball game. Uh, can we get BBCom to represent it? Mm. Dude, like literally two days later, I get a I get a box that has like over 150 samples. So technically wow. I could just like box the whole thing and pretend I got like five cases of whatever set yeah, supplement. Yeah. I got this huge BBCom banner that like Damn. like actual like banner banner, not right, like right. like a piece of paper. It was like <laughs> the nice one that you print on the thing that's like weatherproof and everything. Right, right. And then like a hundred of their shirts and everything and like drawstring bags and I could like legit host like, hey, this event is sponsored by bodybuilding.com. Damn, that's and it, crazy. Like, you feel like a real athlete almost. Yeah. So doing that ambassadorship program was like eye-opening. And I think to an extent, like it definitely helped me build like a sense of confidence because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, dude, I have this company like backing me. Like if right, I want to do right. this event, like they could put the whole, they can help me put like this whole thing together and make sure. it like legit. Right. Damn, that's crazy. So I don't think I knew you back then. Otherwise, I would have probably been asking you for samples. <laughs> yeah, you'd bro. be like, bro, like, hey. <laughs> but that's wild. So how was the um, interview process for that? Because I assume there would be a lot of people who would want a position like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, at that time, I was like really just honed into like the gym and everything. And mm -hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to like a lot of other extracurricular things, if right, you will. Right. And on that note, it's like, I didn't even know who else applied for the position. Mm -hmm. Like, who knows? Maybe I got the position because no one else applied because no one else yeah, no knew. Yeah, no one fucking knew, bro. That's yeah. crazy. But I mean, there was a female ambassador. Her name uh, was Eva. Okay. And then, so that means like some someone else looked. Like people definitely looked. Right, I, right. 
I guess maybe like I was just one of the few, but I felt like because of my passion for the gym at that time and mm-hmm. my passion for health and fitness and sharing it with people, I think that really resonated with uh, the entire program itself. Right. That allowed me to just probably step ahead of my competitors, if you will, like right. at that time and made me stand out. Got it. Got it. So you started off as a campus ambassador and then was it kind of like the BBCom spokesmodel happened and they were accepting applicants and so you applied or did you get reached out to? So it was an interesting transitional period because um, towards the end of senior year, like BBCom acknowledges, yes, you're a senior. It's kind of time to pass the torch over. Right. Did you know Jonathan, Jonathan Kim? I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I actually passed it to Jonathan because okay. I was really close with him and he was like going to the gym too and I was like, right, you know, right. I kind of see like a bit of myself in him and it just felt like a good fit. Yeah. So long story short, I passed the ambassador program to him and I was just kind of like in and out of like the gym and I was like figuring mm-hmm. out like what I wanted to do for work because, you know, as a senior, you're graduating. It's time to like lock in on something right, right. for your future. but. For me, for some weird reason, I was just still in love with the gym and not uh-huh. really looking for a job. And it's like, this thing is not paying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, at the time, it I think it was like right place, right time because the spokes model search was just about to launch. There okay. was probably like about, say, two to three months of like dead space mm-hmm. in between the ambassadorship graduating and then the spokes model search okay so in those like two to three months i was literally just going to the gym for no reason like right. everyone at this time has already left home or mm-hmm. started their job and everything right but i still had my lease at the apartment and okay. my dad was like yeah you can stay at the apartment i'll pay for that for you mm-hmm. and i think that was like his way of saying like this is your gift like you know some people are like yeah you get to like you get to travel to Europe, or I'll pay for you this. You know, this is your like college graduation. Right, I think right. his gift to me was like you can stay at college, yeah, which is extremely <laughs> valuable, bro. Cause yeah, you can do a lot within that time frame. Yeah, so like I was just, I was still able to go to the Arc, so mm-hmm. that's UCI's gym. If you've never heard of it, yeah, um, I would be able to like live essentially rent free because my dad was just covering that lease, right, right. and it just kind of let me really hone in on what I really loved. And mm-hmm. at that time I was working out and sharing my passion for it. Right. So I was trying to develop like my online coaching business. I didn't even know it was going to be like an online coaching business yeah. at that time. Right. Right. But it, there's another story in there. We can get into that later. Yeah. But as I was like going through this process, the spokes model search launched and I don't know, like all the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird feeling to explain, but it's like when all the stars align, okay. like yeah. that's the, that's the only way to explain. Like you just have this gut feeling and it's so obvious, like you have to do this. Right. Right. And for those who don't know what BBCom is, it's bodybuilding.com. And right. you know, a couple of years ago when we were in college, that was like the go-to for all of your supplements or fitness advice yeah. or, you know, fitness interviews and everything in between. And yeah. it was huge. Everybody was on that website yeah. or on that Instagram and yeah. you know, looking for help from a lot of the athletes who are part of BBCom. Yeah. And so Jeremy was chosen amongst a lot of different people to represent um, I guess you could say UCI in a sense or, you know, represent Asians because that's what I want to talk to you about. Because out yeah. of everybody that applied, how many people got chosen? And were there any other Asians? Because I feel like the answer is no, but I could be wrong. Um, let's see out of how many people applied, 
it was in the thousands. Damn, like yeah. the ambassador search was, or not the ambassador. Yeah, yeah, the sp- uh, spokesmodel search. Model, right. The spokesmodel search was in the thousands. And okay. the following year after me was actually even bigger because yeah. I feel like our year was probably, again, not to inflame my ego, it, yeah. it was like, it was probably the biggest year that set the stone for everybody. For sure. Because for sure. like most people didn't even know like the spokesmodel search existed. Right. And at this time, like Instagram was still kind of popping off. But social media, you know, social media does its thing where it like really brings like the news to you, like whether you right. want it or not, like yeah. it just trends it. And th- yeah, so the year after, extremely, extremely huge spokesmodel search because everyone's like, wow, I have the chance to be a part of this. Right. But when I was applying, it was for sure in the thousands. Mm-hmm. It narrowed down to the hundreds mm-hmm. and then it narrowed down to 50 mm-hmm. and then 20 Damn. and then the last 10 people. That's like, crazy. Literally. Wait, so how did they narrow it down? Is it just like a bunch of different interview processes or- so the first thing is like the um, if I remember this correctly, it's actually on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. They ask you to make like an introductory video. Okay. And yo, shout out Renz. I always credit Renz with this too. I was like, yeah. Renz, if you didn't help me with that video, like I don't think I would have the career I had today. Damn. Because I I knew I wanted to create a presence. I wanted to be in front of the camera, and I was like, this is the only way we're gonna do this video. We gotta make it cool and stuff. Yeah. And I would like find other uh applicants because like they would like share their videos and stuff i would send it to renz and be like dude we got to do like this but better like what can we do right right. and renz like put this whole thing together shot me and like i was able to direct him and tell him like i want like this or i want like that and he just chopped up that video bro and Uh that thing literally launched my career because that video came out bbcom picked me as like one of the people for that video so for whatever case made that video successful it's like Renz was a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I just keep saying that because, like, I'm getting chills just saying his name because we're still in touch with him. Right, right. He's a yeah, really good he's, friend, he's friend, but yeah. it's like, yeah, I probably would not be here where I am today if Renz didn't help me out with that. Wild, wild. Shout out to the friends. Yeah. So for people who don't know, because I think I'm still unsure of what exactly it is. So based yeah. off what I saw, it seemed like it was a competition, obviously, where they try to pick out of the ten now. Yeah, two, one female, one male, one female model. Yeah, one female and one male spokesmodel, and then these individuals represent the company, and they become like the face of it for the year. Okay. But the last, the top, uh, the ten contestants all become a part of TeamBodybuilding.com. Okay. And then how you get there is from the thousands, it narrowed down to the hundreds and the fifties, but each mm-hmm. process is different. So, like let's say like you get into the hundreds process. I can't remember exactly what happened here, but I know for sure, like once you get into like the low fifties or twenties, it was like a public vote. So you would like tell your followers and tell whoever you could reach out to, to like vote for you. And then I remember like I was getting my, um, my mom involved. And at that time she couldn't understand what I was doing, but uh-huh. she felt the excitement yeah. that I like had. So she was like telling all her friends, like this for is my sure, son for, sure. for me. And yeah. yeah, it was really cool to just see like all these people come together. It just, just helped support my passion. Right. Right. And yeah, like jumping ahead of time here. Like I remember um, at the actual spokesmodel final like competition, like where all the last 10 contestants go up and they're picking like the the male and the female. And that was at the fitness expo. That was at the fitness expo. Huge fitness expo. Yeah. So yeah, fitness expos at that time were huge. And I remember like, oh, just had... I just had the biggest crowd because one, yeah. it was like- home- I was there, bro. I was yeah. there. Yeah. One, it was like home turf and two, it was like everyone from all walks of life that I knew just happened to be there and they literally right. just came out there for me. So you guys, if you're still like here with me now, like thank you so much for that, dude. I'm just 
getting chills yeah no about it like i remember like i thought it was super cool obviously for for many reasons but one in particular was a fact that as you were kind of documenting the process on instagram yeah um, and showing like you know you fly into the headquarters and doing interviews and amongst all the other spokesmodels right yeah it seemed like you were uh obviously a minority right and, yeah. and as an asian like i saw that i was like damn that's fucking dope right because you don't see that too often. Yeah. And even like at the Fit Expo when I was there, because it was in LA and then, you know, I was there at that time and I yeah. remember watching and you had a huge crowd. I, I remember everything, you know, <laughs> and like just seeing an Asian dude up there, it was really fucking cool to see. Man. It was really fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Yeah. So could you talk to us a little bit more about like, how did it feel to kind of be a minority, right? Because I, I would assume, you know, you would feel some type of way being an Asian and, you know, and, and other avenues that we could talk about too. But first and foremost, like, how was that experience? Yeah, it's ironically at the time, like representation wasn't on the forefront of my head. Right. Like, I guess I was just that in love with the sport. Like, I didn't realize like, oh, this is like, I'm actually like getting a chance at representation here to, to like bring a minority to like the forefront of everything. Yeah. But on the flip side, like I was just focusing on being the best that I could be. So mm -hmm. hopefully like that indirectly allowed me to like be a great representation for, for sure. the minority. For sure. But now that I'm looking back at it, it's like, I would say like pretty nerve wracking, dude. And I'm kind of glad I wasn't aware because then <laughs> I would just be like, true, just true. far in my head, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this or yeah. like, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Like it, I think by not thinking about it it allowed me to just be the best i could be and i think that in itself helped with the representation in general yeah. but now on the flip side it's like yeah you know like growing up there's like no idols or like no like road that you can kind of like follow mimic sure. or imitate or even be inspired by so yeah. like i didn't even like now i'm just like thinking about it and it's like yeah there was no one to like follow like sure. the reason like i got into fitness was because i saw this blow blow this bowflex commercial uh -huh, uh -huh. and it was uh with greg plitt and yeah. it was like it was yeah. him working out with this like hot chick and he just had like this chiseled chest <laughs> and like just this great like perfectly symmetrical yeah, abs yeah. and i was like bro i won't be like that guy but there was no like asian dude like in that commercial or anything you right. know so i didn't have like any idols or inspiration in that direction mm -hmm. and now it's like thinking about it's like dang dude like was i like one of the figures that kind of helped set like that movement and just brought awareness in this yeah. direction. Like I, I wouldn't have thought about that, you know, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like you definitely did whether you, you know it or not, because you're right. Like prior to that, I mean, if you think about BB bro, it was like Steve cook, bro. He was yeah. like the complete face of it. And he's this good looking dude who's freaking yoked and you know, obviously yeah. has a great personality, great dude, super nice guy and everything. Yeah. I remember that dude was absolutely crushing it as a face of BBCom, right? Yeah, yeah. And then so like, if you kind of <clears throat> see people like that, plus all the other female fitness models as well, and then you up there, like it's, it's really fucking cool to see. And yeah. on top of that too, bro, like you did this naturally, right? And I, I don't know, <laughs> like when I say that, I'm not, I don't know if the other people did it, um, you know, taking any enhancements or whatever they could be yeah. i mean the fitness industry there's a lot of people who obviously yeah take yeah. some stuff and so um yeah the fact that you did it naturally as well is like really yeah. dope too yeah i mean uh i feel like I, I guess i could say this now but i remember like when we did that spokesmodel search and we were down to the last like 10 people we were on stage and yeah. everything like if you saw me i like by far i was the smallest person on stage mm -hmm. but at the end of it i remember walking to the backstage one of the competitors like just went up 
and gave me a hug and just like like literally hands on my shoulders like this he was like jeremy i'm so proud of you for standing up here like you yeah. are literally the only natural person on stage yeah. today like he likes just like then this was like one of the competitors in the spokes model search and to like right. have someone like look at you in the eye and say that it's like that's yeah, whoo, yeah bro that's like, crazy because like for a lot of people who do fitness you know a lot of people won't admit it but it's i mean when we do when we work out bro we get pretty self-conscious, right? Yeah, and yeah. You get so caught up in compare culture. And if you say you don't, you're full of shit. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I mean, that's just what fitness is sometimes, right? Yeah. You, you get started because either you see somebody and then yeah. you get inspired and you want to yeah. kind of work out to be like them. Yeah. Or, you know, you train because you see a physique you really like. And mm -hmm. then your goal now is to attain that physique, mm -hmm. right? But for you now, you're obviously natural and then you jump into this spokesmodel contest, which is being publicized all over social media. Yeah. And on top of that, you have the guts to stand on stage with a bunch of other people yeah, whose yeah. physiques obviously are absolutely amazing, right? <laughs> and then you just said it yourself too. It's like you said you were up there and you felt and knew that you were the smallest, right? Yeah. But despite all that, bro, you kept your head up and you're like, you know what? Fuck this, man. I'm going to show up for myself yeah. and just make this happen. I think that's fucking incredible, which is why I wanted to bring this whole event up because i remember seeing that and i just wanted to get your firsthand opinion <sighs> on the entire experience yeah i mean first and foremost like i'm kind of glad i was like simple-minded per mm -hmm. se because yeah. i think if i thought about all the all of those things like leading up to it i think i would have just been mentally torn right like, that would have been so draining to be like oh i'm not doing what so-and-so is doing like i'm not like at the peak of what right. i could be it was just like what can i do right now for myself that will continue to help me pursue my best self. Right. And that was it. Like it was just keeping it simple like that. But looking back at that whole experience, it just taught me like, if you honestly work towards something every single day and you just completely, or you somehow commit like at least 1% towards it, like mm -hmm. no matter what, if not immediately, eventually, like you will get there. Right, right. And I have one thing I want to bring up because I remember we had this conversation. You probably don't even remember that I remember this, but I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it. Sure, sure. There was a time where you hired a coach and I remember you let him go because there was kind of a push to oh, yeah. hop on enhancements. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Like you don't have to use names, obviously, but just that experience. Yeah, it's funny. Like, as I'm thinking about it, I remember how he looks. I remember his name. I remember everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was a really poor experience. And um, long story short, like, I I wanted to, like, get into, like, that co that physique, that mm -hmm. uh competitor shape if you right, will right and i knew like you know there's no like i can just research as much as i want on my own but i i should probably hire someone that's an expert in this field to like get ahead mm -hmm. and this coach like we just started with training in general and i should have saw the red flags but like he had me eating like pounds and pounds of ground turkey and then <laughs> like pounds and pounds of rice and yeah. like i was growing but i was not like growing you right, know? right and i was just like dude i feel like i'm just getting fatter like what what's up like help me out here and yeah. then like he's like oh you're not committed to the process you got to stick wow. to it and yeah he, like knowing me if if you know me personally it's like once i have 
like a target, something to aim at. Like I can literally drop everything and yeah, only sure. pursue that. Like I can, I can literally just close all the other headlights and just go in one direction. Like uh-huh. if I have a clear target. Right. And in this case, I'm like, bro, I'm not lying to you. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, like I, like I'm literally saying no to all my friends' hangouts. Yeah, yeah. I don't even drink. I don't do none of that. It's so for easy sure. for me to stick to this. Why am I getting fat? Like, yeah. why am I not seeing what I want? Right. And finally like he is like you got to just jump on the gear you got to jump on the juice like that's the only way you're gonna grow like your physique is not going nowhere you're you're not doing what you're supposed to Mm -hmm. supposed to it's like what what does that even mean yeah so uh we just had that falling out i just had to let him go and then it was like back to the drawing board for me Mm -hmm. um i will say like fast forward a couple of months like i kept looking for a coach and i came across another one and this dude uh, I guess I was just inspired by his physique, but also by what he's achieved with his clients too. Yeah. So hired him and his approach to nutrition was totally different. Like mm-hmm. previous coach was like, eat all this ground turkey, right, eat right. all of this. This coach was like, you need to understand what you're actually putting into your body. Right. So right. here's what macros are. Mm-hmm. Here is how you break down a macro. Yeah. What do you want to fill in this macro? And then um, from there, like after just having that understanding, it honestly like one inspired me into more of like natural training. Right. Right. And then also being able to like empower and educate myself. Cause at one point in time with the previous coach, I just had this like terrible relationship with food where if I ate like a bag of gummy bears, I would just feel like crap. Feel guilty. Yeah. I feel yeah. so guilty. But yeah. now it's like, if I want it, I can have it. And I know what I'm doing to my body and I know right. what I need to do tomorrow or future days to like follow up with it and it feels so good to fix that relationship for sure for sure yeah yeah so you know quick question would you ever no judgment consider hopping on any gear or enhancements or anything like that (laughs) yeah you know it's funny i have this talk with nadia all the time and i think like let's say like once i hit like 40s or 50s if i like still want to be like super active and like highly competitive which there's a strong chance i might be (laughs) i i think i would i think i would because at that point it's kind of like more of hormone replacement therapy instead of like jumping on the gear to like get like huge and everything because for me now i think i've just fallen in love with the process like you've seen me go from like weightlifting to like mma muay thai boxing to um swimming to to climbing yeah and like i just love doing all these sports but as we get older like our recovery process starts slowing down right like an injury that i know would have taken me like a night to recover now takes me like three (laughs) days and it's like i don't like how that feels that's me every day bro (laughs) yeah so it's so I know like internally, like if I just love sports that much and I really want to be as active and I want to push my body to like reach that like peak in performance mm-hmm. continuously, like for myself, I probably would really consider it because mm-hmm. I, I just like moving. Right. That's right. my biggest thing. Yeah, no. And then obviously I appreciate the transparency and real quick, w- Jeremy and I, we're not for or against uh, steroid use, by the way. Yeah. I, I'm just asking him just as a friend to friend because we actually never talk about this. Yeah. yeah. But um, obviously we both have friends and people we're very close to compete and stuff like that and yeah. sell their own gear and those who do it naturally as well. So um, yeah, I'm not for it or against it. I think it all depends on you know, what your goals are yeah. and what your career is and everything like that. Yeah. I would say there's a time and place for this particular thing. Like if you're using it in sports to compete against someone else, that's kind of wrong. Right. But if in the sport where it's like 
everyone is kind of using it and it's kind of acknowledged and you're kind of like the goal is to push human performance. Mm -hmm. I could see like, all right, like this is the thing, like everyone's just on it. Right. And yeah, yeah, if if you're doing it, if you're doing a sport for a career and your career depends on it and you know that everyone else is on it and you're on it and like your livelihood is on this thing, then it just kind of like logically makes sense like for competitors. So I'm neither uh, for or against it, but I agree there's a time and place for it for sure for sure and so i want to ask you a question especially with social media social media nowadays i think the one thing that i just don't like about um, obviously enhancements in social media is that you don't really know anymore what is physically attainable when you (laughs) see somebody and this is becoming a huge problem because even on tiktok too now bro there's people who are like younger than 16 who are hopping on what enhancements bro there's a lot like there's a whole like it's it's a part of like fit talk um but there's so many people now who are up and on you know things like trend and they're documenting their entire journey on tiktok so we're back quick break but um as we were saying so like right now on tiktok there's a bunch of um you know youth who are taking these things and they're doing it because they're obviously seeing a lot of other people do it and i don't know that's one thing where i see and it's just it's hard to see because we obviously are very uh experienced in terms of like lifting now and we've been around it and so we know that there's a lot of um side effects that can happen when you take stuff and when you don't take the proper precaution like you know going to the doctors getting consistent blood work it could lead to a lot of like detrimental complications complications yeah it's like everything yeah like if you really want to do this, I highly, highly, highly recommend you consult a professional. And by professional, an actual doctor. Yeah, not, not your like, gym bro. Not your gym bro. Not your verified influencer. Yeah. No, dude. Like you need to talk to a doctor and make sure you can actually get regular blood work done because you don't know what's going to be happening to your body. Like for us, I think um, going through the gym eras, like we've seen, for example, like really big lifters, like Olympians mm-hmm. status mm-hmm. and stuff like come and go. And a lot yeah. of them have actually like more so than recently, like have passed away yeah. because of complications in health, like yeah. heart attacks or like an organ failure. Like right. that shit's real. And yes. I mean, to hear that like 16 year olds are like hopping on it now, like I'm not going to lie. I have been scrolling on Fit Talk here and there too. And sometimes I see like these crazy physiques. Yeah. And then like I catch like the dude is like 18. Exactly. And I'm like, 16, oh, like, 17. Yeah, I was like, what? Like how? Yeah. Like what? But now that you brought that up, it's like, that's, that's insane, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. And obviously this is the not so fun side of fitness, but it's what's happening. And yeah. that's just what it is, man. Like as you start working out, there's a lot of other um, enhancements and, and supplements that you could take. And when people get caught up in it, man, it could just become a, a dangerous thing for sure. And yeah. even the other day I was watching like a, a podcast too, like a brief teaser of it. Yeah. And then uh, one of the IFBB, is it IFBB? Um, yeah. Bodybuilders, he was just talking about how like a lot of the athletes, they can be addicted to the drugs and it's literally a drug addiction. You Dang. Know? And so, yeah, the only negative thing is like, I just don't, like to see that because yeah. it sucks. Because I remember when I was that age, bro, and I was naive too, bro. Like I mm-hmm. was taking 
the jacked 3D formula when I was 14, 15, 16. And that's when I had DMAA, the, the banned substance. Oh, dang, yeah. Yeah, and I was taking that every single day, bro, Dude, which is shit. crazy, yeah. And then I remember I was at the Fitness 19. There was some yoked dude. His arms are humongous. And I didn't really think at the time, like, oh, this guy's on steroids. You know, I just yeah, thought, yeah. shit, he looks good. And I kept asking him for tips and stuff. And, yeah. you know, when you're that age, bro, you just want to get bigger fast. And yeah. you're, you're very impatient, too. And yeah. so I just feel like, especially at that age, man, it's just a tough, uh, tough time for a lot of teens because that's when you're obviously going through, you know, high school and, and things like that. Yeah. You're around a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not even friends. You're probably like around acquaintances and environments. And I don't know, maybe there's like this like subtle urge to like impress people that yeah. you're around. So I could see like how that like stigma kind of influences people to like do that. For sure. That's crazy. Like, where is everyone getting their stuff from? Dude, I don't know, but I heard <laughs> you can find it easily now. Like, there's another dude on TikTok. I don't know why I'm on this fucking TikTok FYP, bro. <laughs> you, you by the way, TikTok. I'm on like Fit Talk, so I see it. But there's literally dudes out there. Like one guy's name's Daddy Trend. <laughs> like oh. as funny as that that is, and he's all about transparency. And then so he'll t- say everything from like the dosage to um, kind of like when he started taking it. And then he always says like, "Oh, it took me five minutes to find this." five minutes yeah it's crazy um but yeah man it's um pretty crazy out there (laughs) and so um you know just got to be careful but i'm not gonna lie bro there's a lot of times like us being natties bro like i'm just on it i'm like damn i just feel small (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sure you could relate man it's just like damn it's yeah i mean at sometimes i feel small but i i guess it just depends like what um what you're doing in terms of your physical activity and like what you want to accomplish. So like more recently I got into bouldering. Right. Right. And now it's like, dude, all my muscles are, are useless. Like yeah. for example, if the, if the climb becomes like this overhang thing, like it's cool to have a big ass chest and like huge <laughs> biceps and everything. But like, if you look at our hand sizes, they're relatively the same. Right. And if you take someone that's like six feet, it's not going to be that much bigger in right. comparison to like their quad or their back to me. Mm-hmm. So now when we're like on this overhang, imagine having to support that much more weight on like just your fingertips. Right, right. It's like now all of a sudden, like the excess muscle almost becomes useless. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I guess in that sense, it's like the, the sport inspired me to like mm-hmm. not be as big. Like right. now I'm like, all for like the pound for pound strength instead of like just the big glamour muscle right. stuff for sure yeah <laughs> i agree with you because as we get older too man it's like my body is not what it used to be bro so you now you feel it right yeah exactly so now <laughs> it's like i don't really focus on squatting three four plates anymore bench yeah. pressing two three four plates whatever yeah i'm just going into um enjoy my workout yeah and obviously you know if, if i want to maintain my physique and, and just do the best i can yeah yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, like, even right here, you can kind of see, like, the plates here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like racking all the weights, man. It's a lot of work to, like, take this thing off the thing, put all the weights on the bar, and then bring it all back after you've done your lift. Right, right. It's like, I just don't have that energy anymore. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I guess one final question to wrap up the uh, BBCom experience is... Yeah. If there was one thing that you learned from that entire um, three, four year long journey or that journey of putting yourself out there and, you know, kickstarting this uh, social media uh, career, what would it be? I, I have this. I have this. It's been in my head. Always bet on yourself. 
Okay. You'll never lose betting on yourself. And it sounds like it's a gamble, but the thing is, you are always in control of your own actions. Right. And as long as you continue to pursue what you believe in and you continue to bet on yourself, you can't go wrong with it. It's mm. like when once you take the chance on someone else, like, that becomes like a new variable. It right. could work, could not work, but it's not necessarily in your control. Mm -hmm. But every time I've betted on myself, ever since I've learned that from this experience, like I've just always been able to win in right. whatever direction I'm going mm -hmm. in. Okay. And I've just like, always taking that to heart so anytime i know i can bet on myself and i can depend on myself i just go for it right. and i think like that experience in itself just gave me the confidence i have today to make like really tough decisions like right. some of them i can just make in like a heartbeat where if like it may sound like a scary gamble or a big risk to someone else because i know it's on myself and it's something mm -hmm. that's tangible to me I can say yes so easily and I just right. I just I don't know how else to explain it. You just have this confidence in it. Right. So would you say that whole experience kind of helped kickstart uh, I guess the Instagram journey in a sense? Yeah, it kickstarted the Instagram journey, the business in itself. Ironically, for example, like I've always hated car salesmen because every time you walk on the lot they, they, you know, they push a sale for you right, and they right. make you like do all of this. And now like literally what I do, what I do for my business is I'm, a, I'm essentially a salesman. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize I became this person I hated, but <laughs> like people are okay with talking to me. And right. the biggest thing is because I've learned how to become a better communicator because I bet it on myself. Yeah. And when I do like these YouTube videos and tutorials and all of that, again, betting on myself. Right. So yeah, I would say that would be like the, that's like the best thing I've learned across this thing. And it's probably a lesson I'll continue to take to my heart. And mm -hmm. then as you, the listener, hopefully you adopt that too, because you really can't go wrong when it's on you. Right, right. Damn, that's good. But um, yeah, thank you, Jeremy, for um, talking to us about that entire experience. I know for me as, as a friend too, I always wanted to uh, bring this up. Yeah. And I figured it would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast because there's a lot of uh, good things you you told us today and the entire experience is not one that a lot of us could be a part of right like yeah I, I, I remember seeing it just from a third perspective but to now see it from you know your first first eye point of view uh, yeah. is, is dope yeah I mean wow I can't believe like how many years ago was that a long time ago bro like that's <laughs> what's crazy man like it's like long but not long but very long it just feels like an eternity like, because of COVID and all that stuff too. yeah it's okay so it kind of happened like, what is that? 2015, 16 to it's yeah. now 2022. So it's about like six years. Yeah. Holy cow. And it's crazy how much has changed over six years in terms of like the social media landscape. Cause yeah. if we look back then there was no TikTok. Um, There's no TikTok. Instagram was just starting to pop off. It was still a, it was a brown badge. It's not like this neon yellow purple yeah. thing it, it is today. Yep. And yeah. fit expos were still popping off. The yeah. lines were crazy. I, I know like in the Randall podcast, he was like, dude, our fit expo lines were literally out the door yeah. wrapping around to the bathroom dude and crazy yeah they had to like hire security guards and stuff yeah. you could go outside without mask and everything yeah i remember that man it was, it was <laughs> definitely good times bro it was it was a lot of fun for another sure. life dude yeah yeah <laughs> yep. it's crazies so now like during that timeline what space were you in <laughs> Shoot, <dude. laughs> well that was a long timeline bro i mean yeah yeah I was in college and I mean, 
I so I know we had like some of your work experiences too, but where were you with your fitness journey? Oh, dude, yeah, during college, bro, my fitness journey was very, very consistent, bro. Like, I would gym every single day. Dang. Um, yeah, I loved it, bro. I was like a fiend, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> um, like, I was doing the whole meal prepping thing too. Yeah. Um, I was going to Brandywine, which is the um cafeteria at UCI, yeah. asking for the chicken breast and just eating that. Um, but. I could honestly tell you, bro, like that was probably the highlight of my UCI experience, you know, like not to sound like a meathead or anything, but it's like, dude, the arc was the spot, bro. Like that's yeah. where everybody went to hang out. Yeah. yeah. And, like that's where everybody felt a whole lot of happiness, bro, because the crowd <laughs> there was so supportive. They were. And everybody just was helping you out, encouraging you to hit lifts. Yeah. And it was just so much fun, man. And so in terms of like my fitness career, I was just class um eating uh probably internships and then working out gotcha yeah and in between there i also worked at that gym too so it was really convenient for me to like go to work get off and then work out and oh, then go home okay and so that helped too and then working there was also the reason why i spent so much time there so people were yeah. always like dude do you live there or what but it's yeah. like bro i don't it's also because i, I worked there so yeah it, it seemed like i was there um, a lot more frequently yeah okay yeah I so but i mean you know I me mean, like fitness has always been a huge part of my right. life like so, regardless question for you then yeah would you ever want to open your own gym dude <laughs> i that's like one goal that I, I would love to do. Okay. Um, and it's crazy you said that because like one of my clients, he asked me to and he was like, bro, if you ever do, like I would love to invest is what he said. Dude. But for me, it's like if I do it, there's a specific way I would want to make it. So mm -hmm. I don't want to spend an investment and make a small boutique gym. You know, I would want to make it like a warehouse size gym. Okay. Okay. But the thing is like seeing other people start gyms during COVID and everything, I obviously know that the overhead is very, very, very high. Yeah. And I know that it's extremely difficult to turn a profit Yeah. Uh, because the machine, the equipment all costs so much. Yeah. But I definitely know that it's something that you need to be patient with in order to, you know, go green on it. Yeah. And so um, I would be lying if I said I never thought about it. It's definitely in the back of my <laughs> mind because, bro, I even thought like Winners Collective sounds like an amazing gym name, to be honest. It just, does. Just think about it, Winners Collective and you walk yeah. in and like the space. You and I have very similar visions. So yeah. I'm envisioning something similar to you where it looks super like high end. Yeah, yeah. And it's just very versatile. Like a lot of like marbling, like For black sure. and white. We would probably have like the same set right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally like that, matte walls. Everything looks fucking clean. Yep. So I told myself, <laughs> man, if I ever become like a multimillionaire, the first thing I'm going to do is... uh make that gym for sure find the locations yeah, to secure it yeah yeah 100 Ooh, i know i think about that all the time too like it's like man if i had this space that i could just like make my content in and just like leave stuff set up and everything yep. and just have like perfect lighting at all time like that'd be great because yeah. i know like when i was doing the whole social media stuff la fitness that was the gym i go to <laughs> Yeah. Like they would just always hammer down me. They'd be like, no, For you sure. can't record They're here. You can't like do this. No, get out of here. You can't do it. And ironically, dude, I remember this one time I was so salty because they had a sign on the door and it was like, today we're doing photographs. And uh -huh. by walking in here, you accept the conditions that your picture may be used as right, advertising right. on our website. It's like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> so you're telling me I can't shoot myself, but you can take my own image too? Yep. It's like, bro. That's the uh, commercial gyms for you. But <sighs> bro, I don't know, man. Maybe we should talk about it because I feel like like there's definitely people who would invest in this idea yeah um, 
And if it's something that, you know, you've always wanted to do, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Maybe we can make it happen. Um, but again, Winners Collective as a gym name, like I've always thought that that was an amazing gym. Like yeah. Winners Collective, that's it. It sounds know? right. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> does. It's like people come here as a collective yeah. group to work out. And so yeah. who knows, man, we talked about it today on this podcast. Uh, I know. Maybe we can make it a reality sometime in the future. I'd love to do that, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, I, I know when I stepped into Winners Collective too, like we originally started as a clothing brand. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you, it's like, dude, like what does Winners Collective mean to like us and everything? What right. do we want it to become? Because like all of the bigger brands that you have probably seen, like all have like a story or a meaning right. behind it. And because we're new, I was like, we have the chance to kind of like write this story down and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like a gym could be like the final destination for our brand because it just kind of embodies the name and everything we want. It's like for now sure. we can bring all of this together as a collective. Yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll have a podcast studio in the gym. Exactly, bro. <laughs> yeah. And like, as you were saying it too, it's like everything that we're doing right now, it could eventually lead there because you know, obviously when we start a gym, what do you, what do you need? You need a consistent PTs, right? Yep. We're going to pay rent. You obviously need a uh, consistent members. And so hopefully yeah. with this podcast, we can grow that and have potential, you know, gym members. Yeah. And the rest is history, man. We could do a lot there. Yeah. So, you know, something to think about, man. And I know um, investors, yeah. if you're out there listening to us or anyone that wants to be a part of this, or if you have a great idea, Dude, honestly, DM us, like tag us, shout us out, email us, like whatever it takes. Like we love communicating. We love For hearing sure. from you guys too. Yeah. So man, let's just close it on that note then, bro. Ooh. Cause now I'm like kind of excited about <laughs> now that. Now I gotta go bro. make a blueprint. For yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are always spinning, bro. Yeah. But yeah, guys, I guess I'll just call it the podcast here. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And for if you're sure, here yeah. on video right now, I can freaking wave bye <laughs> to you. But yeah, we're gonna wrap it right here. Again. Uh, we're sorry for the delay in episodes, but as always, we want to make sure we're delivering quality mm -hmm. and quantity in time, but above all quality, like we appreciate your time so much. That's the one currency you're not going to get back. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So thank you for tuning in and until next time, peace later. <laughs>